Good morning. This is Christine DiGiacomo, and today's morning briefing is called Jesus Tortured. Would you have spoken up? Here's the biblical accounts from Luke chapter 23 and Matthew 27. Jesus was before Herod Antipas. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had wanted to see him. In fact, he was hoping to see him perform some sort of miracle. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing our Lord in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Then Pilate's wife sends warning. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him the me this message, Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. And then Pilate seeks to release. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. Good morning, friends. Today, we will consider trial number five of our Lord Jesus Christ as he is brought before Herod and then returned to stand again before Pontius Pilate, both of whom were in town to watch over the throngs of Jewish Passover observance. So on this morning, while Herod was irritated by the interruption of Caiaphas, Annas, and the rest, he was curious about Jesus and wanted to see this king of the Jews, and maybe even get him to work some magic for his entertainment. I ask you, how could he... Herod, have any right to judge Jesus. Yes, it was also tragic. Jesus, standing before this ruler, known for his debauchery. This ruler who could find Jesus guilty and have him executed. Also tragic if God hadn't already accounted for it. Jesus would not serve as entertainment for Herod. In fact, he kept silent as he stood before him. Herod could find no fault in Jesus, and so, after mocking him and having fun at his expense, he told his men to take him back to Pilate. But just before the door shut, he remembered Jesus' words to him some three years before, a prophet must perish only in Jerusalem. And he asked him, how could you read the future like that? Well, the same way Isaiah had prophesied some 700 years before that Jesus would stand before his accusers and speak not a word. Jesus is dragged back to stand again before Pilate. And just who was Pilate? Pontius Pilate is remembered in history either very negatively as a cruel man who hated the Jews or more sympathetically as a governor who had a very difficult job ruling a province with a very unsubmissive, unruly population, which easily took offense to his actions. 
He would ordinarily be found in Caesarea, but was in town to keep Jewish Passover fervor in check. When the Sanhedrin brought Jesus to him, Pilate heard their charges against him, but three times declared Jesus innocent. It has been said that Pilate's attitude toward Jesus was a mixture of contempt, cynicism, and awe. It is possible to see a progression in this, moving from contempt at the beginning, cynicism when he asked, what is truth, to awe when Jesus spoke his greater authority. Pilate could not find Jesus guilty of the charges against him either, and so tells the people that he will punish him and then release him. Punish Jesus? Yes, it would mean a flogging, simply because Pilate hoped that would placate the Jews, and there would be no further talk of execution. Indeed, the flogging took place, it would appear, on the platform where the trial had been held, and in the eyes of all. Jesus was stripped and stretched against a pillar, or bent over a low post, his hands tied, so that he had no means of defending himself. The instrument of torture was a sort of cat of nine tails, with bits of iron and bone attached to the ends of the thongs. Not only did the blows cut the skin and draw blood, but you must understand that in these sort of floggings, the victim frequently died in the midst of the operation. Some have supposed that Pilate, out of consideration for Jesus, may have moderated either the number or the severity of the strokes. But on the other hand, his plan of releasing him depended on his being able to show that he that Jesus had suffered severely. So Jesus was mercilessly flogged, and the crowd watched. What? I can't help but wonder what faces could be found in that crowd. Was the blind man who had sat by the gate of Jericho given sight by Jesus just days before? And where was Zacchaeus, whose life had been irrevocably changed by Jesus of Nazareth? And, oh yeah, how about the his main men? Where were the disciples? Lazarus, who he had raised from the dead? And going back to the start of his ministry, where was the wedding host, whose feast was rescued by Jesus' first miracle, rendering water to fine wine? Did they almost speak up? Did they almost step forward? I wondered if I would have yelled, Stop! Of course, at the risk of my life. Would you have spoken out? But they all cried out together, Away with this man, and release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection and murder. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, Crucify! Crucify him! A third time he said to them, why, what evil has he done? I have found in him no guilt deserving death. I will therefore punish and release him. But they were urgent, demanding that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. Pilate decided that their demand ought be granted. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, for whom the people asked. But he delivered Jesus over to their will to die.